Okay, you are watching and listening to Fat Billy Knows Everything and it's called Fat Billy Knows Everything because obviously I know everything. Okay, this week uh, what I want to talk to you guys is a little bit about democracy in Malaysia and the fact that, uh, uh, you know, there's so many things that have been happening with the government in Malaysia where the Malaysian public has had no say, right, no say from the Sheraton move to the Meridian move to, uh, to the declaration of emergency, the intent of wanting to declare emergency and how it was uh, rejected by the Agong and uh, yeah, that, that, that's what I want to talk about this week. This episode is brought to you by Heinz Fali's Rask. Okay, if you have been following recent developments, and I think you actually have, right, uh, you would have known that on Friday last week, the Prime Minister, Mujidin Yassin, had actually decided to declare emergency in the country. Emergency in Malaysia, right, and he had gone to the Agong to request for the declaration of an emergency in the country. Now, the Abong was pretty cool, pretty chill. He didn't give an answer that night, that Friday night. He said he wanted to take his time. He released a statement saying that, hey, everybody stay calm. I'm going to meet up with all the sultans. I'm going to have a discussion. And then we're going to see if an emergency is necessary. And he actually took his time, right? He took Saturday. Then on Sunday, eventually, he met with all the sultans, the sultans that did come anyway, right? and he discussed it with them. And on Sunday night, the palace released a statement saying that, no, the Agong feels that there is no need for an emergency. Now, this would have been, not would have been, it was a big slap in the face for the Prime Minister Muhyiddin Yassin. Okay? Now, the, many people are saying that Muhyiddin wanted to call for an emergency because he was afraid that Anwar Ibrahim, a couple of weeks ago, had said and declared at a big official press conference that he has the numbers to actually take over the government from Perikatan National. Okay? Now, if that were to happen, Muhyiddin would be out of a job. He would, basically, his government would topple, lah, right? Uh, so, many people have said that he wanted to declare emergency and he was very clear, right? He was very clear saying that the emergency is not a full-on emergency for the whole country. It was just like, like a freeze on all politicking. So what that means is that there will be no uh, parliament, there will be no parliamentary sitting, uh, there will be, I guess, no back and forth between uh, the opposition and the government. That was what the, the emergency was supposed to be. Of course, he uses the excuse of COVID-19 numbers increasing being the reason of why he wanted to declare an emergency. But I'm very happy to say that the Agong didn't fall for that and the Agong was sane enough and rational enough to, to, to realize that actually well, it was not necessary for an emergency to happen. But the Agong did release in his statement saying that uh, um, he wanted all politicians to stop politicking and they need to agree on the budget. So that's another thing, right? Because parliament, parliament is going to happen very soon, right? 2nd of November, right? And, and, and this particular parliament session, it's when the budget, the national budget, is going to be tabled, 
right? So that's another reason. Maybe Muhyiddin is afraid that because he doesn't have the support, and since Anwar has declared that he has the numbers, the the budget that uh, Muhyiddin's Perikatan National Government is going to table might not be approved, right? And he's worried for that. That could be another thing, right? And if it's not approved, it also shows that Muhyiddin would not have the numbers, right? And there has been many, many, many. Um, uh, 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 MPs in Parliament who have already filed for motion of no confidence against Muhyiddin. I think from this point when I'm recording this, there's already uh, uh, news reports have already said there are 16 uh, filings of a motion for no confidence against Muhyiddin, right? Uh, by um, MPs. Now, so he's probably worried about that, right? Uh, so now, here's the thing that's getting to me. Everything that has been happening um, since the beginning of this year. Um, and we want to say that Malaysia is a democracy, right? None of the things that have happened actually involves the will of the people. In March, right, when uh, Azmin Ali and Bersatu and Muhyiddin and all that decided to leave Pakatan Harapan and create a new coalition with AMNO, with PAS, to form Perikatan National, that was by... Uh, they, they, they had no consultation with the people. The people never decided that. Now, if you want to talk about what the people want, right? In 2018, during the general elections, the people had already voted for Pakatan Harapan Coalition government, right? And Pakatan Harapan had its component parties there. It had its MPs there, right? All there. They had their manifesto, right? And the promises that they made that had kind of like played a role in why people actually voted for them and they were voted in so that would have been the government that Malaysians had voted in when the Sheraton move happened and Azmin, Muhyiddin and Bersatu left Pakatan Harapan yes it's legal because that's how the political system in Malaysia works if you've got the number of MPs in your in your corner supporting you you get to form the government and the Agong will select the Prime Minister right from uh, from any of the MPs that are supported right so legally, it's not really a backdoor government. Unethical, I don't know, maybe it is unethical, right? Uh, but legally, it's valid. It's a valid government, right? It's a valid government. But did the people actually vote for this government? No. I know there are arguments by people saying that, hey, because it's legal, then, you know, people are supposed to vote for MPs and the MPs jump, these are the MPs that you voted for. Hence, it's still, you know, a, 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 a government that was voted by the people. But I, I, I would disagree with that, lah, because we were promised a certain thing and then we voted based on that promise, and then that promise was broken, right? Uh, it's not what we voted for anyway. So, in, in, in essence, I don't think it's the government that the people voted for, okay? Then, right, then, you had the Le Meridian move, which is Anwar Ibrahim's move. He declared it at the press conference at Le Meridian, so I'm calling it Le Meridian move, right? Um, now, he had said that he had the numbers. And when questioned, he says that the number of MPs who are going to support him come from all across the board, which means that it comes from those who are on Pakatan Harapan, and also those who had left Pakatan Harapan, and even those from AMNO, and also those from PAS. Now, if he forms a coalition like that, this is a totally new coalition, a coalition that did not exist during the elections in 2018, right? What does that mean? Is that now a government that is voted by the people, even though it's being led by Anwar? I don't think so either because we still did not vote for this new coalition that Anwar is negotiating with, right? Or negotiating for, trying to form, right? So it's not something that the people voted for either. It's just like he decides, okay, I want to do this new coalition. I'm going to see who wants to support me. I'm going to come up with a new coalition. It's like, suka hati He wants to do it, you know? What about us, the people? Do we have a say in it? We did not have a say in it, right? And then, now, Muhyiddin, who is in the Perikatan National Government, he's the Prime Minister, he decides, oh, I want to call emergency. Okay, fine. 
right, fine. It is legal because as the Prime Minister, he has the right to decide whether an emergency should be declared or not. Right? Yeah, 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 because it's legal. Same with the Lermidian move, Le Meridian move with Anwar Ibrahim as well. If he has the numbers and he can prove it and he goes to the Agong, it's a legal government, right? But is it a government that the people chose? No, not really, right? So, back to the emergency. He has a right to do it. He goes to the Agong because that's the constitutional procedure, goes to the Agong. And the Agong decides, hey, no, right? Now, I'm very happy, though. I'm very happy that the Agong has decided that it's not necessary and I agree with him and I am glad that he actually took the time to mull it over and come up with a very rational decision. It would be very bad for the country if an emergency would have to be called, right? It would have been declared. It would have been very bad for the country. Uh, I don't think I need to explain that more. Like, I think everybody agrees with me. Most Malaysians would agree with me. Now, I want to say that actually with the Agong deciding whether um, uh, the emergency is declared or not also kind of like kind of right I mean come on kind of like it, when the people the people the people have a say in it we didn't have a say in it either but but right the thing is the Agum did a good move because he listened in all the media reports in all of social media the public's chatter in the public sphere Malaysians chatter in the public sphere not one single person was actually generalizing of course um, there were no voices in the public sphere among Malaysians saying that an emergency was necessary nobody said that there were memorandums going out there were there were petitions going out asking for signatures um, uh, to be sent to the Agung saying that there should not be an emergency right people in the media political analysts social commentators in the media journalists writers and observers, they were all saying that there should not be an, uh, an emergency because it's going to be bad for the country, not just the opposition, but almost everyone in Malaysia. So I kind of believe that the Agong actually listened to that, right? The young Nibetuan Agong, he listened to this. That's why he took the weekend, right? He wanted to make sure that he listened to what Malaysians were saying. Of course, there was no memorandum, of a voting memorandum, or an election, or a survey done. But I guess he didn't need to because you could, you could already see in the public sphere, right? In the public sphere, that people, this is what the chatter is among Malaysians. And from there, you can gauge that, hey, the people do not want an emergency, right? So now, now, it's going to be interesting because Budget is going to be tabled. Muhyiddin has decided not to resign, although there was chatter on Sunday night after the palace had already made its announcement that he was going to resign. And the rumor is that sources, inside sources, according to news reports, say that uh, his administration have persuaded him not to resign. No, he's keeping low, right? He's keeping a low profile right now. Yeah. Now, the, government, the, the Agong has said, hey, the budget should be approved, right? He didn't say how it's supposed to be approved because that's up to the administration and the politicians to decide, the MPs to decide, right? So I think that's fair for him to say that. But here's the deal. What is being done to make sure that the budget that's going to be tabled in parliament is going to be a budget that's going to be agreeable to everyone, both sides of the divide, and it's going to be approved, right? We know the importance of why it needs to be approved because we're under a pandemic, we need the government to go on. If a budget doesn't get approved, it will be the first time in history, in the history of Malaysia, where it doesn't get approved if it's not approved, right? And there might be a government standstill. And how are we going to deal with the pandemic if, the, if, a, if a budget uh, is not approved? And there is no show of support for the Prime Minister. So it's a little bit worrying. Now, I want to see, I want to see, right, 
if there's going to be steps taken before the tabling of the budget for a discussion between the two sides to come to an agreement to a national budget for this year, well, for next year, right? Yeah, for 2021. Now, the opposition have already said that, hey, we are all open to a discussion. Call us, engage us. We want to be in on it. Discuss the budget with us. But there has been nothing from the administrative side to say anything like that. So I, I want to see. I want to see this is what I plan to actually observe now. See what happens. Okay? Let me know what you think. Send me some messages. Uh, comment below. Uh, and let me know what you think. I really, I really, yeah, yeah come on. Let me, yeah, let's listen. Let, let, let's have a discussion. So that's it. Like this video, thumbs up. Don't like this video, thumbs down. Subscribe to us on this YouTube channel or follow us on all our social media platforms at FatBidin. Go to, go to FatBidin.com to get everything. You've been watching and listening to FatBidin Knows Everything. I've got three kids, one wife, and me to support. So you've got to like, you know, help fund my life. So you actually can go to the FatBidin e-store Right? I'm gonna link it below. I'm gonna link it below, right? And you can get actually like fat billion merchandise, right? And most of it are well, actually books. Are. I used to sell DVDs and films and all that, but hey, everything's available on YouTube now. So now if you want to get fat billion merchandise, it's mostly books. So I've got books here, I've got books here. See, see, see like this book. This is called uh, The Adventures of a Carelight in Afghanistan. It's a graphic novel, see? See, graphic novel which I uh, wrote. Uh, and illustrated with my, with my buddy Apan, right? Uh, it's a non-fiction one. It's about my time in Afghanistan shooting a documentary for a month uh, when I was there. See, see, I'm a war journalist, right? So it's a really good book, right? Uh, I've got this non-fiction novel. It's called Operation Nasi Krabu, Finding Patani in an Islamic Insurgency. This book I wrote because I spent like a, I spent some time in Southern Thailand where there's a war there. You all know there's a war there, right? In Patani, right? I shot a documentary there which was banned for broadcast. But hey, they allowed me to publish a book. And if you get the book, there is a QR code at the back, right? There's a QR code at the back which allows you to watch it for free online. Oh, where's the QR code? Where's the QR code? Ah, there's the QR code, right? It's online, meaning you scan the QR code, you go to my YouTube channel. Okay, um, I've got another book. This is called Journal Dad, the Chronicles of a Journalist Who Happens to Be a Father. It's a, it's a compilation of my articles, my column when I was writing for the Malaysian Insider. It's all about like me being a journalist and raising a family at the same time. It's really funny. It's funny. It's funny. My best-selling book. Liberal, Malay and Malaysian, Writings of a Walking Contradiction. This is a compilation also of my uh, column in the Malaysian Insider. This one focuses more on like politics, race, uh, demonstration, democracy and religion and things like that. It's funny too. All my books are funny because I'm a funny guy, right? Yes, I am. And if you like films, I sell this book. See, I wrote this book with my buddy Wan Chun Hong. It's a guide to filmmaking, indie filmmaking. Uh, every chapter talks about one aspect of filmmaking and it, every chapter also interviews one like a uh, really prominent Malaysian filmmaker. It's really good. You can get all these books at the Fat Bidin e-store. Come on, feed my kids.